Hello, and welcome to another episode of Healing Through Pain, a podcast dedicated to the mission of walking people towards healing and health. In each new episode, we will discuss how to show up well for the responsibilities and opportunities that life sends our way. Here is your host, Stephanie West, a licensed practicing counselor in the state of Michigan, a teacher, and a professor who lives her life at the intersection of mental health and education. Thanks so much for following along. If we look at the number of this episode, it's 105, and that would mean that we've, in essence, gone an entire year of two episodes per week. Last week was episode 104, and so I just wanted to pause and take a quick moment to kind of just reflect on how cool that is, right? This starts as a passion project, and it gets to be around for a year undisrupted. You know, in spite of the fact that many big things are going on in life, this has been a project I get to keep pouring into, and I am starting year two here, and I'm going to continue to pour into it because it gives me an opportunity to speak about things that I love so much. And one of the areas that I love, and that's going to be kind of the next couple of episodes, we're going to be focusing on physical health and having respect for the opportunity to have health in our lives because believe it or not, that's not everyone's story. Maybe even some people listening to this are acutely aware of their own struggles in the domain of health, whether there's physical limitations, whether there's disabilities, whether there's some sort of diagnosis that holds them back. Health is such a precious, precious piece of our life if we have it. And I worry that sometimes we don't recognize the blessing that it is. And I worry even more so because kids will learn from watching us. We are in essence drawing maps for them in all different life domains. And that's why kids ask so many questions. That's why they challenge us. That's why they're constantly observing us. It's because they're creating maps And as they learn new things, they're updating their maps as as more information is accrued. That's why our habits matter so much. Now, every time I see this particular meme, it's really kind of affronting to a degree, but I think it has such a solid punch of truth to it. It says, we would die for our kids, but would we live healthfully for them? Now, here's the thing. We all have selfishness in us. We all have indulgences. We all have modicums of pleasure that we derive from things that probably aren't to our best advantage, right? So on occasion, we might do things that are a little more self-indulgent, what have you. And and that's a part of human nature. And so I don't want to dismantle that and say we, we don't have space to be human because that wouldn't be accurate. But one of the more concerning things is when selfishness goes unchecked or when self-indulgence goes unchecked. When we're dismantling Dismissive of our responsibilities to our physical health. And when we punt those issues down the road, eventually someone might have to pick up that ball and take care of it for us because we are not doing it. Now, I've shared often that I come from a rampant unhealth in my past. And it's only been over the last four or five years here that I've taken kind of not only radical ownership, but radical responsibility. And that's morphed into just a awe of the opportunity that I have to live differently than I once did. Now, I'm always going to have consequences from those years. I'm going to have a history that puts me at risk for issues going down the road. And frankly, they put me at heightened risk for struggles in my current context. But the way I take ownership of my health now is at the very least going to stymie additional consequences 
consequences to a degree. Now, I can't control my health, but I'm certainly responsible for how I influence my health. And I want to put that forward as you are too. You don't control outcomes. But when we talk about physical health, we have a lot of influence on the outcomes that happen. So I personally feel very passionately about growing in wisdom and my best practices. And I want to grow in self-respect as I learn to make choices, not choices that are trendy, not choices that other people tell me are right, but I want to practice experimenting what's good and what's less good for my body, what goes well and what doesn't go as well for my body. And I want to just keep health at the forefront. Maybe you're not a forefront person. Maybe you keep health at the back burner and that's okay too, but don't be outright dismissive of it. That's what I would really put forward here because if we're outright dismissive of it, imagine the message that that sends to those who are watching. Now, when we talk about physical health, there's a lot of places to go with it. We can talk about sleeping practices. And I think that's another episode where we could really dive into sleep hygiene, which is so important. One of the pieces of sleep that for me actually matters most is really there's no such thing as catch up. If you consistently deprive your body of the sleep that it needs and you punt it kind of to the weekend and say, well, I'll catch up on the weekend, scientifically, that's not a thing. If you are systematically depleting your energy by not stewarding your sleep well, there are going to be consequences for that. Just related to even long-term disease, we understand that the brain is doing its kind of purging practice every night. If it goes through the entirety of the REM cycles, if it goes through the entirety of the four stages of sleep, in the final stage, It's like your brain is a sponge and it's squeezing out the toxins from the day. If we don't give it adequate sleep, we're not giving our brain enough time to reset and purge itself of the toxins of the day prior and an accumulation of toxins in the brain over time, you can assume that that's not for our betterment. So sleep does matter. Now, nutritious eating it really matters. There isn't a right way or a wrong way. There are so many frameworks that we can pick up, but there's got to be some structure. One of my favorite stories is from one of my mentors a couple years ago, he decided that he was only going to add in an apple each day. So it wasn't a diet of deprivation. It wasn't a diet of restriction. It was a diet of bringing healthy eating practices into awareness. And so he added in one apple each day and his commitment was to do that for a year. And if I remember his story correctly, over the course of a year, he lost 80 pounds because bringing it into daily awareness kept him responsible. It kept him on track. And I work with a ton of clients. It's not about restriction. It's not about taking things out of the diet. It's about adding in healthy practices. That's the same thing with movement. Movement is another piece where we are going to have long-term consequences if we don't decide to move our bodies. There's so much flexibility here. That's, of course, a pun. I appreciate my sense of humor when I bring that to your awareness. But here's the thing. Movement, there isn't a right way to do it, but you got to do something. You got to be active somehow. So being intentional about something each day or something several times a week, most days, whatever that looks like, you just have to bring it into your awareness. What are you going to do that keeps you checked into your own health journey? So it could be you count steps. It could be you have specific workouts. It could be even things where you're stretching your body, you're working on flexibility, but do something that keeps you accountable for movement matters. Bring in things into your diet that keep you accountable, that nutrition matters. Bring in some sort of habit that keeps you remembering that sleeping practices matter. Now, one of my favorite pieces about movement is I think culturally we've done a good job of trying to convince people that it has to be intense, it has to be intense, it has to be intense. And so it's kind of like that go hard or go home mantra. But 
if you get into kind of the nuts and bolts of movement, walking is one of the coolest things you can do to aid health. So once upon a time, I used to actually run quite a bit and it was on the treadmill, which just is not great for my joints. And so as I kind of got older, I decided that's not what I was going to do anymore. But if I were to uh, work on jogging or running, let's say a 10 minute mile, or I would walk a 15 minute mile, it would be the almost identical calorie expenditure, but one of them takes more time, which is really good to understand because one of them puts a lot of wear and tear on my body and one of them can be very, very restorative. And so you do not have to be intense to have some type of healthy movement in your life. Just get out there and move your body. Now, the fourth place, and I camp out here with clients a lot because as it relates to physical health, this is a place we can get wins in pretty quickly. And that's just daily practices of hygiene. So if I have a client who's coming in and they're kind of just really dysregulated and they don't have a lot of wins going on in their day, we talk about how many showers do you want to take a week? We talk about are you willing to brush your hair every day? We talk about things like brushing their teeth. We talk about things like hydration. Those are great places to get wins. And the point is, whether it's hygiene or movement or eating or sleeping or hydration, it all matters. It all accumulates towards health, but not focusing on it also potentially puts us at risk for unhealth. Now, I want to kind of transition back into the idea of kids. We need to consider each of these areas because we are in essence inviting kids into what healthy looks like, or we're inviting them into not appreciating health, not understanding health, and not having maps for walking forward in a healthy way. When we disregard health, where would our kids learn it? Now, I want to give a caveat here. There will be ebbs and flows. We will have seasons that are low stress and we can check into goals and we can be intentional with health. And then there's going to be other seasons where maybe it's not at the forefront and that has to be okay. But that's why in seasons of low stress, you have to take health seriously. I have a client right now who has been walking a cancer journey with her husband for the last 15 months. And this last session, well, really it's been the last couple sessions, she's talked about her physical health and just how dissatisfied she is with herself right now. And I said to her, I said, where would that end? have come from like honestly think of what this last 15 months has been how in the dickens could you have prioritized your physical health when basically many pieces of your life were on fire and survival was the name of the game the other thing she's specifically pointing out is that she has midsection fat that's really frustrating for her and so i just i gently touch on the science of that and i say a lot of times midsection fat is because when we have stress we release the hormone cortisol cortisol dumps in our gut specifically and so fat accumulates in that section as a stress response. That's very normal for the body to do that. So your body's not being peculiar. Your body's doing precisely what it's been designed to do. If we want to have different outcomes, let's start talking about different habits. And it makes sense to do that now because you guys aren't going to treatment every day and you're not doing new cycles of treatment every three weeks, which you've done for the last year plus. So we've got to be gentle with her about why this has happened, really work on assuaging the guilt that any of the health digression has happened. And then I ask her, what's that first thing you want to focus on? Where's the win? Do you want to focus on sleep? Do you want to focus on movement? Do you want to focus on eating? And that's what I would ask anyone who's listening. Are you feeling run down? Are you ready for a change? Do you desire better overall health? What is one area where you can be intentional? Pick something for July and say, this is the area I want to focus on. You don't want to do it all at the same time because that is a recipe for burnout. But think of it, what's one area of physical health and wellness that I could get a win in for the month of July? 
July. And then once that's locked in, might I add something in for August? So maybe July is hydration. Maybe August is adding in an intentional amount of fruits and vegetables each day. Maybe then September is shutting off screens a little bit early and getting to sleep a little bit earlier. By times you go six months into tiny little tweaks, you've rewritten your intersection with health. And you've really shifted, for anyone who's watching you, their understanding of, hey, this person is making different choices. They're reaping the benefits. Maybe I could do that too. Get healthy quick schemes are just that, they're schemes. They might reroute our habits for the short term, but rarely do they rewire our thoughts and our actions and our emotions in the long term. And that's why kind of systematic tweaking is the place to land when you think about, hey, I wanna walk towards health. One of the strategies I use with clients is we will literally ask the question, what would a healthy person do? So they're standing at a buffet and they say, what would a healthy person do? So they're deciding, hey, do I wanna watch one more episode of my Netflix show tonight? What would a healthy person do? And they ask that again and again, and they repeat the healthy action again and again. And before long, they're the person who's engaging in healthy patterns and healthy decisions. And they become the healthy person because of that. But it's incremental and it's a commitment to a lifestyle. It's not get healthy quick. It's not what can I do for the next three weeks here. It's a journey because we appreciate our health, we respect our health, and we want to be the best version of ourselves. So you do it out of respect for you. You do it out of love for the opportunity for health that you have. And you do it for those who are watching. Kids are trying to learn and they will know how to engage healthy habits if it's modeled for them. Then they'll be able to say, yep, that's what healthy looks like and I know that I can do it too. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Please share this content with friends and family. Feel free to connect with Stephanie at healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.